seminary for my Master of Divinity degree. And if you don't know this about Quakers, they are just about the exact opposite of Episcopalians when it comes to their worship. For example, Quakers sit in silence for worship in what they refer to as waiting worship. Whether they are semi-liturgical in their worship style or completely unprogrammed, their services will contain at least 20 minutes of sitting in silence. And it is also customary that during this time of waiting worship, the people present, are, as they feel moved, are welcome to stand up and say something. Whatever that comes to them in that moment, however they feel moved in that moment, they may stand and proclaim whatever it is that is on their hearts. And there's no order to this. No one knows who will stand from service to service. No one knows what will be said if anyone stands to speak at all. Now, for many Episcopalians, maybe even for those of us sitting here today, this way of worshiping might sound stressful. Even for all my earnest curiosity and openness to the silent worship, my Episcopalian sensibilities would often get the best of me during these times of silence. I'd find myself getting anxious about how long it had been and how much longer the silence was going to continue, and I'd often be scanning the room to see who might stand up to speak. This way of worshiping was unique for many of us in seminary, and us non-Quakers, of which there were many at the school, were fascinated by the silent worship, no matter how anxious it may have made us feel. One day I asked a friend of mine who was a Quaker pastor, why do Quakers call the silent worship waiting worship? She was, of course, silent for a minute before answering me. <laughs> because we are waiting expectantly. We are waiting for the Holy Spirit to come to us. We are waiting expectantly and listening for what it is the Holy Spirit has to say to us at that moment. Waiting worship for the Quakers is communion. It is our time to commune with God through the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a third-generation Episcopalian. I've been in moving worship services. With grand music and beautiful words, I have a decent prayer life, and I'm a mostly solid relationship with God. I feel I can say with some confidence that I now know and love Jesus, but the Spirit... The Spirit has always been this intangible, elusive thing to me, the less solid, less concrete person of the Trinity. It's been the one aspect of the Trinity I can't really grasp or hold on to. And it's confusing the images we are given about this third person, the Spirit. Sometimes it's depicted as fire or as a white dove, or it could look like a bunch of people running up and down the aisles doing cartwheels and speaking in tongues. But after learning about waiting worship, I could finally see how it might be possible 
to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, one that's personal and not confused by cultural caricatures. Maybe even one that would help empower and comfort me, like Jesus says the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. So with this new perspective, I entered the silence of waiting worship with an intentional focus on building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And when this new intention of building a relationship with the Holy Spirit arose in me, I would come to waiting worship with a lot of eager energy, which meant I would often spend my time in waiting worship striving, reaching, seeking. I did a lot of thinking and was all up in my head. I focused so hard at times that my closed eyes would feel the ache of too much pressure and I would leave worship with a sore neck. Needless to say, over time, my expectant waiting to hear what the Holy Spirit had to say got a little frustrating. So I decided to take a break and began to skip worship altogether. It had become so stressful to show up and work so hard with so little to show for it. I always found an excuse to avoid worship throughout the week, and about a month of skipping waiting worship went by. But one Thursday afternoon, I ran out of excuses. My homework was finished for the week. A meeting with a professor ended early, and I found myself outside the doors of the chapel as people were walking in for worship. Okay, Jesus, I'll go sit in there, but I'm not doing anything. (laughs) And that's what I did. When the time for waiting worship arrived, I sat and I did nothing. I listened to the birds outside making their pithy bright calls. Then I listened to how it got quiet and then the sounds of rapid tapping as it began to rain. I even took the time to notice how comfortable I felt just sitting in the soft seat doing nothing. And this nothing continued for a while. But after a time, I was suddenly caught off guard as I felt the swell of all that worried and stressed me from day to day rise up in my chest. All the anxiety I carried around with me every day just hit me like a punch in the gut. And I felt frustrated all over again. And in my frustration, this question came to my mind. Why does it all have to be so hard? I was feeling exasperated and tired, burdened by my hectic schedule and the stress of balancing so many responsibilities. I felt overwhelmed with the anxiety and fear that seemed palpable everywhere due to tense politics unfolding at the time and the news of war and mass shootings and the constant confrontation and conversations on racism, sexism, global climate change. It all left me feeling worn out and weary, and it all just hit me in the nothingness and sheer silence of that chapel room, and I just felt so alone. And I was, as I was uh, beginning to get angry that I had even come into the service at all, someone, a fellow student, stood up 
tears rolling down her face. And she said, just be still and know that you are not alone. And of course, at hearing these words, tears began to form in my eyes too. A few more minutes passed by with these words pouring over me before the silence was broken by the habitual handshakes we all give each other at the end of waiting worship. And as I shook the hands of the people around me, I could see that many eyes were wet. Many faces had tears streaming down their cheeks, which of course articulated the whole point. We are not alone. I was not alone, and the words shared in waiting worship on that day hit everyone in that room, including the one who spoke, who clearly needed to hear this message of hope as well. It was almost as if the Spirit was speaking to us. This morning we hear Jesus say these words to his disciples. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is what Jesus wants his disciples to remember when he ascends into heaven. This is really Jesus' final lesson, the teaching he wants the disciples to remember and pass along when he's gone. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus may not be here, but Jesus is with us. By way of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, our God, is with us. The spirit is here, whispering words of wisdom, comfort, guidance and power to us. The Spirit isn't something to be understood intellectually. It is not necessarily a concept to be grasped. The Spirit is not something to be worked at. The Spirit is felt, is experienced, and above all is shared among us. Pentecost's challenge in our tradition is that it is often overlooked and overshadowed usually by Christmas, then by Advent, then perhaps by Easter and Holy Week, and sometimes even Lent. Pentecost is often forgotten and overlooked, which is interesting because it is the day when we celebrate the gift of the third person of the Trinity. Today is the day we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today we celebrate that even though Jesus ascended into heaven, we are not alone. Today we rejoice that our God, who has come to us over and over again throughout history, who came to us in the flesh of Jesus, has given us the Holy Spirit and promised us that we are not alone. Today we celebrate that by the power of God's unconditional love made known to us in Jesus, we are divinely empowered, protected, and comforted by the third person of the Trinity, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. 
And don't we need to be reminded of this? In a time when we feel so isolated, when the world feels like it's falling apart around us, another school shooting, another corporate scandal, another threat from North Korea, more Palestinian protesters being killed, you hear the news. You know what I'm talking about. Don't we need to hear these words from Jesus and feel the truth that the Holy Spirit is here every day, in every moment, with us, empowering us, joining with us in our anxiety and our suffering, and in our joy and laughter. Today is Pentecost, the day we celebrate the promise that the Holy Spirit will come and is coming every day. Without Pentecost, the Easter story, the resurrection itself, is at risk of becoming just another sensational news story. On Pentecost, we celebrate and remember that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to us. And through the Holy Spirit, we know God's unconditional love and promise of new life today, thousands of years removed from the resurrection itself. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. God is still speaking to us. Jesus is still teaching. The Holy Spirit is with us and is moving among us. Even when we feel exasperated, fed up, pessimistic, and stressed, even if we stop going to church, even when we give up and give in to that overwhelming feeling of anxiety that swells up inside of us, even then the Holy Spirit comes to us, even then the Spirit finds us and abides with us. And maybe it doesn't come when we want it to or when we plan for it, but the Spirit does come. And if we are proclaiming to be a resurrection people, then we are certainly also proclaiming a relationship with the Holy Spirit. If we are a resurrection people, then we are also a Holy Spirit people who believe that despite all the struggles of this broken world, God is still with us, still speaking, and still revealing divine truth to us. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Renew us, strengthen us, fill our hearts with your light. And today, Holy Spirit, we rejoice as you remind us that we are not alone. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen.